I'm Matthew McCleary. And I'm Mitchell McCleary. And this is Movies While They Sleep. The podcast where two brothers watch movies and talk about them after their families have gone to bed. Welcome to today's episode where we watched David Lowry's new film, The Green Knight, now screening in theaters. But before we talked The Green Knight, we had a special guest interview on the podcast. Mitchell, who did we have? Jared Hogan is joining us on today's pod. Jared is a filmmaker, writer, director, all, all the things that help get movies made. And uh, it, we, we were very excited to talk to an uh, actual filmmaker about, about a film. <laughs> Yeah, we had a great conversation with Jared, and we do talk about The Green Knight, but again, we say this almost every week, if you have not seen The Green Knight, this episode especially is one that uh, we think you should just stick around for anyway. We, we do not really talk about that movie until the very end, um, but I think this conversation is really, uh, really a great one uh, that we had with Jared. Love to just hear from him, part of his process, part of his background as a filmmaker, and really need to talk to someone who is a filmmaker actively working in the industry, but who also just loves watching movies. So uh, we are going to go ahead and cut right now to our conversation with Jared Hogan, already in progress. Let's jump in, sleepyheads. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's going to be yeah. fun. I, I like talking yeah. about movies. And, and when I saw what the, what the podcast was about, I was like, this is my life every night <laughs> come <laughs> on that's awesome yeah for sure. i mean it yeah. really is it's like uh my wife's very cool about it but she knows i'm just like obsessed with movies and so it's like i mean maybe this is there's some marriage counselor listening to this being like oh, yeah. this isn't healthy but like we never go to bed at the same time i'm always no, no my wife and i neither of us yeah and then and then i'm like okay you sometimes i'll have an idea of what i want want to watch but um and I will say too, I wonder what you guys are, are like. There are movies that I love that I would never get through in this context. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Of like, it, it takes a certain type of movie to be like, okay, I'm up late. Uh huh. I probably mm-hmm. want to watch like a Liam Neeson movie, honestly. You know, like <laughs> I'm being really honest with myself. That's probably where I'm going to grab it. Even though sometimes I get uh, a little overly ambitious and try and watch like a, you know, like. Bellatar movie or like a, you know something that's like impossible to sit through and yeah I, it's already laid and then I wake You're up at, at 3am on the couch and I'm like oh damn it yeah my <laughs> not again my midnight go-to is not the Criterion channel like yeah. it has to be <laughs> yeah what are you what are your like guilty guilty pleasures like what do you uh gravitate towards uh, in this specific context I'm just kind of curious yeah in the my wife has gone to bed and I'm yeah. gonna watch something I've yeah. been on a Michael Mann kick the last few Ooh, weeks okay. uh, but I had to stretch out heat over two nights which felt like sacrilegious but is I, that because you were tired I was tired it was because I was tired and and I like I'm definitely like I have the ritual I want to I want to sit and watch the whole movie yeah. but if I'm falling asleep I know hey I can just turn it off and I'm gonna be fine tomorrow yeah and so, so that's kind of that's what I've been watching. I watched a bunch of Michael Mandel the past couple of weeks. But I, just, I, I will watch anything. <laughs> uh, have you seen Thief? I just watched Thief. Not no, I haven't seen it. It's like next on my list. I just did Manhunter uh, the other night. That's a great one. Yes. I, you know what I haven't seen is uh, Last of the Mohicans. Oh, it's really great. It's yeah. That's it, one it, of those blind spots that people give me a lot of grief about. <laughs> <laughs> I, no grief, no grief over here. <laughs> okay. All right, thank you guys. 
okay, so I'm just so curious. I just like talking to people who like movies, and I'm I'm really not trying to take over and be the interviewer. I promise. No, no please, um, we love it. Uh, but what are some blind spots for you guys that you're embarrassed about? I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Man, see, that's that's kind of my response to like what I'm watching when the family goes to bed because I have this mounting anxiety of like movies that I should It never goes away, man. By now. It doesn't matter yeah. how much you do, there's always something you haven't seen. Yeah. That's why I will wa- that's why I watch like come and come and see at midnight yeah. and like and having panic attacks by myself. <laughs> I'm like why am I doing this? That's, that's a good question. Why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah. yeah. I I do find personally that uh, it's just a losing battle to try and watch like yeah something important that late at night <laughs> exactly yeah yeah totally no i feel like i feel like my blind spots are so i i have a i studied film in undergrad um, okay. so i have a film degree and so i had this huge awareness of like important world cinema yeah. and then i find myself just putting on heat again and that's what I'm watching when I when I've got Tarkovsky sitting there like oh I could have this uh, transcendent experience but Al Pacino being crazy I don't know dude <laughs> he's pretty transcendent I wouldn't yeah I know what you yeah. mean though there's a lot of pressure to kind of like uh watch the important stuff yeah often. especially I think to, as you get into to be it a more bro. yeah I think as you get into it more you have more awareness of what's out there and yeah. what what you're missing um, and getting tastes of that so th- I think those are my big blind spots yeah agreed I did I'm I have like a so right above me right here I have a uh-huh. little uh, shelf with a projector that goes across to my cool. like kind of screen over there nice. which is great and i've got my criterion kind of collection like blu-rays lined up right here yes and i'm oh, the uh, best. and i'm really like dude there's probably a good 20 percent of these that i bought and still haven't watched yet so yes yes <laughs> they're, they're biannual sales destroy oh, me my, in, that, dude, in that way it really got me this year <laughs> I know. It's like, please stop. Uh, I need to save some me, money. Tell me, tell me, what would you get if you bought any? What did you buy this year from the the from Barnes, the Barnes and Noble? Yeah, the, 50% the one also. that I got was the Midnight Trilogy, the Linklater. Oh, um, that's a good. One. Oh. Yeah, which felt like, hey, three and one. Here we go. See, that's one that's you can watch with they, your wife, though. For sure. Uh, uh, yeah, and I said, hey, that's, remember we watched before sunrise together, and she said, oh yeah, that was fine. That was fine. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, never mind. I'll backpedal. Yeah. That is, there, there's so few. Because I do feel like uh, this seems to be a bit of a pattern that, uh, at least for, for my wife and I, dude, we, we just we just last night finished watching Mad Men for the second time oh. together. Um, <laughs> it's the best. And I am completely we convinced stand Mad Men. it is the best show to ever <sighs> exist. You have two people in agreement okay, on, on this sim right now and good. and something i've watched with my wife multiple times now yeah same yeah the overlap the venn diagram yeah, works I there know. i don't know what that is but she's i mean Mad Men for sure but just episodic in general yeah it's just more palatable for some reason uh, yeah for there's an end in sight for the evening you think that's it I, I, I definitely you know feel can, like that's part of it is i can consume break. this 44 yeah. minute thing 
And hey, if I feel like I'm up for another episode, then we can make that decision at that point. But if we start a movie, like that feels like a different kind of commitment. But even if you watch like four hours of television. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. I don't know. (laughs) I feel more power in my choice. I chose to say yes to another episode. Well, that, that, I was actually curious about that, too. Like, as far as you, you and your wife's taste in movies, is oh. there a, a lot of overlap? Or well, okay, just... so as, like, a, a professional, yes, uh, my wife couldn't care less. She loves me, <laughs> but very little <laughs> interest in... Uh, she she feigns interest in what I do. Yeah, <laughs> like right. A little pat on the back, Me. like that's great. And then, uh, like, good for you. Yeah, I mean, she cares obviously because I care, but that's right. the full extent of it for sure. So it's me showing Sarah a new font. <laughs> yeah. So as far as our overlap, uh, we have found political thrillers to be the thing. Oh, interesting. I don't know why? But uh, that seems if, if there's like something like that that kind of crops up, I'm like, okay, I gotta watch this. This is it. This is it. Yeah, and it usually works. Yeah, it usually works. I don't know why though. What about you guys? Uh, the, the in terms of that overlap? The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say it's funny. I, I feel like I break the premise of the pod often because. Sarah likes the podcast, so she's like, well, i got to see the movie. Yeah. Um, and so it's, like, never true, I know. the actual premise. You guys always watch them together. Yeah, except for we did Contagion this past week, and she, within the first two minutes or three minutes, she was like, I'm going to bed. Have fun with this. That's it for me. Oh, dude, I did Outbreak Contagion back-to-back no, last no. year. <laughs> and too, one, too uh, uh, Outbreak is just hilarious. I don't know yes. if you guys have watched that. Oh, it's that so recently. cheesy. It's like... Because the first half is like, damn, this is like intense. And then there's like, he becomes friends with the monkey and is like flying a helicopter. And it's just like, <laughs> it just gets... And that's like, funny. There's a monkey in Contagion that plays a pivotal role. Yeah, that's true. But not like buddy-buddy with like a four-year-old girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are, those are, are uh, I guess, kind of timely watches but i watching them back to back because i remember watching contagion in the theater and being like nah. but i think i think the proximity of <clears throat> yeah life <laughs> it, it hits so it, differently it's different and it's weird how how real and like uh accurate, accurate. yeah 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 kind of freaky well i was curious so because we asked about the criterion did you would you what did you pick up okay this, this is embarrassing because a lot, a lot. <laughs> okay okay uh, too much. Too, yeah, hopefully my wife isn't listening to this. Um, okay, I got. I'm, I'm looking here. I got Ghost Dog: The Way of the Samurai. Oh, I got Stalker. Yes. Uh, I got. Uh, Speaking of Tarkovsky. May, yeah, I got uh, Mate One, which I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but this is a uh, yeah John Sayles movie about oh. about a uh, coal mining union uh, in oh. West Virginia. And it's that, so, that cover so interesting. I, I have to be honest. I have not. I watched the first twenty minutes of it and haven't finished it yet. But uh, so so goes. because uh, <laughs> I feel like I often have a lot of those in my life. Like they're, and it's they're never like, this like burden. Or r- on rarely me. is it like I hate this movie. <laughs> no, no, no. I just right. this was really enjoyable. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to return to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not I mean, sure why. I've seen the idea of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. You know, I have like this constant reminder, just like literally, just like uh, hanging above my head. Right yes, so, yes. Uh, Home- I, homework. I got a. Uh, I got Vampire, the double disc. Uh, oh, 
yeah, Carl Dreyer. Oh Empire. yeah. Um, I'm a big. I don't know if you guys are big horror guys, but uh, I do kind of lean that way. Um, okay, I, I'm a I'm, big good horror guy. Okay, but, yeah. I want to talk. I, want, I do want to talk about that. I'm, I'm still not done listing, which is embarrassing. Uh, right. <laughs> this was all just in the last month. Yeah, yeah. I got Mirror, Parasite, Tree of Life. Yes. Which oh. I have. I have. Oh my I gosh. Have two those, of those three back to back. <laughs> I have two of those on Blu-ray, but now I'm like, well, I have to get the Criterion. Um, well, and the, and the director's cut on the Criterion is really a great, uh, oh, great version of that movie, and, and mean, very Parasite, different, really and significant. White. Yes. Come on. And then I got Wanda. Have you guys heard of Wanda? No, I have not. We can talk about that later, uh, because there is <laughs> lots of ground to cover. There is there is one that has become. I don't know if you guys have had movies like this recently. It feels like so rare uh, to have something that just like hits like the top tier of like your favorite movies ever. Yeah, mm, but yeah, yep. oof, the American Friend, Vim Vendors. I don't know if you've ever seen mm. it. Interesting. Uh, Matthew, you writing these down? <laughs> no, we're recording this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which I'm so <laughs> glad. Um, uh, I so on the Criterion Channel there were there's like the neo noir uh, section that was I don't know if it's still up. And dude, my family was in Florida with the in laws. I was here working for a week by myself. I was just oh. like digesting movies, and um, and I'm a big Vim Vendors fan, but had never. Yeah. This, I never even heard of this movie. And this uh, is this is Wanda. No, no. This is oh. the American friend. Oh, the American friend. I'm sorry. Yep. <clears throat> um that's why I couldn't talk about Wanda because I knew I was gonna be talking about American friend. Um, <laughs> anyway, basically it's this oh, man. I don't even know. I'm gonna try to get into <laughs> it. Uh okay. So Dennis Hopper plays Ripley, who is a Patricia Highsmith. Uh, who's an author? It's like a character. Yeah. The same character as Talented Mr. Ripley that. Okay. That, yes. Uh, totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. But Dennis Hopper yeah. plays this like batshit version of him. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> in this. In this. That's what I like movie. to hear. And uh, uh, so Bruno uh, Gatz is this framer who lives in Hamburg, I think. Mm. Uh, like frames, paintings, fine art. Anyway, he's he's got this terminal illness. Dennis Hopper, they kind of like cross paths. And essentially, they kind of propose this stranger on a train kind of situation to Bruno Gatz because he's dying. And they're like, basically, can you go to Paris and assassinate someone and we'll basically take care of your family if, if yeah. you do this? Because there's no mm. logical tie back to him whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so uh, this guy who's completely ill-equipped to do this goes to Paris and is trying to, you know, pull off this assassination and... <sighs> just drama ensues. It's great. Yeah. And and it, you said immediate top tier. Immediate. Oh, immediate. Yes. Yeah, I you talked it. about letterbox. I had to go I went right to my letterbox as like top four <laughs> for sure. Wow. Um Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the it's you know, Vin Vendors and, and Robbie Mueller. Uh it's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Um it just like I think part of it too is, you know, you kinda go into movies with like expectations and I went into that like mm not even really knowing what the film was at all yeah. and just being like right. completely floored. Yeah. Um, right. So that helps a lot. You know, like I, I'm like a guy, I don't know about you guys, but when there is a lot of hype around the movie, I have to like shut it off. Um, I just have little. to not watch it for like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I just yeah, don't sure. engage with it. Um, and then kind of like try to reenter 
when things are a bit more quiet, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, and man, there's so many directions I want to go <laughs> in, in this conversation. Cause I, my first thought too is like, yeah, I feel like even the, like the a 24 of it all, yeah. like the marketing and, and mm-hmm. hype and conversation around their releases is always so intense yeah. that it, it is hard to like separate yourself a little bit from that yeah. and just, you know, experience the movie for what it is. But, um, yeah, I, as you were saying, the one that jumps to the top tier, I think for me the last time that happened was The Night of the Hunter. Mm. Like, yes. I had, I just saw an interview with Spike Lee. He's like, I teach on this movie. Please, everyone needs to see this. And I had no idea. Boom, there it is. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like, this is so far up my alley, yeah. I, and I have no idea why. But it's, It is this crazy, like, kind of German expressionism, like... Uh, uh, like just like long shadows everything's just so dramatic oh, yes. and so like uh i live off it <laughs> yeah it's so good dude yeah i love and it's and like the the finger tattoos and like and even just like the yes. little like cross section into like this uh <laughs> like uh manipulative uh religious leader <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is, right. is an interesting it's, like it, it, it checks all my <laughs> Yeah, everyone. Yeah, it, 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 and like yeah. the the celestial intro, it's like, dude, God, what is happening? Yeah, I know it really is special. Yeah, Matthew, have you had a yeah something yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking through. I'm looking back at some of the stuff I've logged over the last year. Um, do you guys log that, everything on Letterbox? By the way, everything. Yeah, you see? I the do past too. Year or so, I do too. Yeah, it's yeah. the best. It's, it's the best. It's my favorite social media platform it's the only because one. it's just me yeah. over yeah. there yeah, logging yeah, yeah, movies. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> it's literally about yeah. About no you. one yeah. cares. <laughs> You're like someone liked a review. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Okay, so I have a couple, and and maybe this. So out of sight is one of them. It was a movie I'd never seen. Okay. And, just saw that actually. Okay, and I I love Soderbergh. I'm a huge Soderbergh guy, and but like you see that poster of Out of Sight with J Lo and George Clooney and this like ugly looking gun, and it just doesn't look like an interesting movie. Yeah, yeah. And I put this on, and it was like, oh, this is like fully formed Soderbergh doing yeah. what he does best. This is so fun. Don Cheadle's in this doing something ridiculous. And I had a great time. Like that was a big surprising thing for me. Yes. Um, as in kind of terms of that, uh, movies that jump to the top, but also surprise me. Um, and I think I also recently watched Barton Fink for the first time, uh, the Coen Brothers yes. movie. Never seen it. Yeah. And that is that was again that image of what is it uh, John Turturro on the cover with yep. like a mosquito it, on his the forehead. Eraser head. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. kind of like a racer head, and it's like uh, I'm kind of turned off by like this. Like a sepia eraser head. I'm yeah. not interested. And you turn that thing on, and it is like a wild ride from start to yeah. finish. And and something I just really really how with. how much are how much are you especially Mitchell? I'm curious. Uh, in like kind of influenced by poster art like oh if you're more than i my, care to my, say my, yeah 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 well and like i uh i follow a couple people dedicated twitter accounts to reviving old movie posters yeah. and it's like wow they used to be so amazing and so yeah. like actually telling of kind of the mood and vibe of a movie and um yeah it's it's tough the 90s and early 2000s are a bit of a tough and it, it's shocking for, to for see how formulaic it is man yeah you know Oh, and especially now. Yeah. I mean, the, we've heard the joke a million times of like the stacked characters yeah. in like that Star Wars style, but it's true. There, there's 
feels like there's a lost opportunity. And I'm reading through Saul Bass's book right now. Amazing. Um, and it's like, man, I yearn for him, yeah. for that spirit. Yeah, totally. Matthew. And that's why even Criterion covers oh, kind I know. of do, like, it's yeah. like, oh, thank you, like intentional art to represent it. Well, And it really is. Even like uh, I watched deleted scenes from The American Friend that weren't like rescanned and kind of like yeah. uh, updated. And it, it, I just, I was like, I'm so glad that I, my first exposure to this movie was this uh a version of it that was like um restored you know yeah. because i was watching these deleted scenes and i was like i don't think i could engage with it on the le- on the there's like a veneer that's like hard to like yeah uh get past or like uh transcend it something about the way that they are able to restore these films makes it like so much more accessible you know? yeah um uh matthew i have if you don't mind i'm only yeah. doing this because i just watched it Okay. And I, I always do like a little like spitfire like reaction to a movie. Yeah, yeah. Here's my, here's my little like two-sentence review of Out of Sight. Great, love it. Okay. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love this movie. But I think this solidifies my middle-of-the-road feelings on Soderbergh. Oh. Eh. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. I'm sorry. Like, we're we're going we're gonna to have to get off the call. Uh, Jared, it's, it's been great. Are you guys being Soderbergh apologists? Is that who I'm on the call? Right here. Uh, Mitchell is not. I've been trying to I'm much more drag warm. him into this. Okay. Uh, yeah. Did you like No I'm Sudden more. I'm just curious. Um, it was like above average for okay. me. Um, yeah. But... Uh, and we did it. We did an episode on it. Um, it. It worked, but it was a Steven Soderbergh movie. So I, I, that's you asked the question about poster art, and I I wonder yeah. often about the idea of how much just knowing who's making the movie affects how I feel about it. Yeah, and and I definitely feel that with Soderbergh, I, and I actually think he uses that really well, and that's something I respond to because Ocean's Eleven to me is such a great movie. Oh, so good. Yeah. But he is so good in the casting. Like he puts Brad Pitt and George Clooney in the center of the frame and knows all of the baggage that they bring into it as movie stars and then uses that to his advantage in every scene. And I really felt that with the, without a sight um, as kind of an early proto Ocean's 11. Jennifer Lopez has never been as good. No, for sure. (laughs) And George Clooney is magical in it. Yeah, it's it's J Lo's best. It's the best movie she's ever made. Um, yeah. I haven't seen Hustlers, so who knows? And from what uh, I remember, that like George, <laughs> George Clooney was like, that was kind of like his his big breakthrough. Yeah, it was. He had been doing like sitcoms in the eighties. He did ER, ER yeah. and then Out of Sight was this huge breakthrough. Oh, this guy can lead a movie thing. Yeah, yeah. and so it's a big deal for him. And I think Soderbergh has this incredible quality to. Um, uh, both identify that and then use it to his advantage in yeah I agree. in anything. I think I think his balancing of like uh, on screen for sure, but even just thinking about uh, production with that yeah. um, like high volume of movie stars just like walking around bumping yes. into each other. I'm like <laughs> the ability to be able to like uh, manage those egos um, yeah. on and off screen. I mean, th- yeah, you can't say enough about how he's able to, to do yeah. that. I think, I think things for me, like, I mean, his weird, like back to back Meryl Streep movies on Netflix were like, I don't know if you guys. Yeah. Those. So, so like the laundromat is not a that thing awful. that connected with me at all. Yeah. Um, I think but, that's the thing, man, is like just when he, like, he's definitely like a, 
he'll take a big swing, but when he misses, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, it's like a big. I whiff. feel it, yeah. but I love how prolific he is. Uh, yes, because he See, just. I don't know. I don't. Do you, do you respect filmmakers who make more work or less like the once a year or less but better work? I I mean both because like yeah. we're get, we're getting a new Paul Thomas Anderson movie coming up and yeah. like that's a high holy holiday uh, <laughs> right <laughs> and it's been since 2017 that he's made yeah. a movie right yeah um, the D'Angelo movie maker <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. You know, Soderbergh is releasing two more movies this year or in the next eight months. Oh my god! Or, or maybe wild. one more, and it's three total and in twelve months. No sudden move was a was a COVID movie. Yeah, no sudden move. I mean, Crazy. the guy's just just prolific, Madness. and so I don't think the the quality ever kind of gets to uh, a PTA. But yeah, uh, I, I'm just impressed by how interested he is in. The medium yes. and how much he wants to play with that and and so so like um yeah i i i love i mean he's one of those guys i feel the same way about like m night or something where it's like yeah dude just let them make movies forever yeah. i don't love or even like <laughs> most of them but like they should I always watch be it. able to make movies uh because i watched old and i was like um i mean it was like disturbing how uh, I don't want to be, see. I don't want to be like a, a a jerk because, I mean, I didn't like it, but I I feel more strongly that like I'm just happy that he exists and that he's making movies. Yeah, right. That even it's an original movie. Yeah, yeah. It's not, a yeah, it's not like a, a property that's yeah. being like commoditized over and over again. You know? Yeah, it's like, exactly. Um, and and I'd rather just more more people like that making movies. Yeah, agreed. Doing doing that work and and doing the original stories kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I will say I did watch the new Suicide Squad yesterday and it was incredible. Really? I really responded to it. I mean, it's totally <laughs> silly and stupid, but I really responded to it. So. Once I, I, I watched the first, I feel like 15 minutes and I was like, okay, I, because I, I, I wanted to see, is this something I'm going to respond to and then have to sit down and watch? And the answer is yes. Once I got past like this weird weasel. Uh, I love the weasel. I was like, oh, this, this is this is really working. All right. I'm kind of like, not, like annoyed that it was working so well. <laughs> so, so you like, didn't turn it off because you were like done. No, no. I, I turned it off because like my my seven-year-old like, was walking around. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Quite, yeah. and I was watching it on my laptop and I'm like, oh, I'm going to save this for when everyone's asleep. But this is Smart. this is fantastic fun. And this is the great yin yang of the pod where I didn't even know it was streaming on something and Matthew's yeah. already jumping in. Yeah. I mean, c- yeah, so I tend this to be is, a this lot is, more. That would be a movie where I would bring it up to Mitchell, but I know he's like so opposed to some of that kind of stuff. So I didn't even, I didn't even bring it up. Mitchell, I, I have enough you, anxiety. A, uh, what are you opposed to exactly? I'm curious. Well, it's, it's more that I have enough anxiety of movies I know I want to spend time on. That like like Matthew can watch like what, what's your goal for this year for the amount of movies you're gonna it's, it's you're gonna watch it's like one every other day I don't I don't know it didn't so one one it's like one eighty something yeah. what are you on right now I'm, I'm I just I just watched one eighteen last night oh damn so he yeah he's in a rhythm so wow like he, you know even even the Soderberghs of like yes or the Clint Eastwood make twenty movies yeah. in twenty years. Let me just consume him. Oh, like, I watch these to a That's a prolific man in his 90s. That is a prolific man. <laughs> I know. He's done that. He started when he was 70 for those 20 And I movies. just like, don't uh, care about any of them, but like, uh, keep I going. <laughs> I know. I'm like, there's 20 of them? 
Um, but I yeah, I already have that. I, I watch a movie probably maybe twice a week if it's a good week. Yeah. So I have way more uh, selective about those movies. I get it. I, I that's where I kind of find myself um, in a tough spot. Is like I'm the same. I maybe I had these weird bursts like when my family went out of town. Yeah. Also, I was earlier this year in February. I was in Austin when Texas had that crazy ice storm, and I literally just got like stuck in my hotel room. Whoa, for two yeah. So I watched like. <clears throat> 22 movies in like 10 days or something <laughs> the dream I, I went on a crazy uh cronenberg uh binge oh really crazy fun. being the key word yeah um, you walk out just a different <laughs> yeah. person disheveled like <laughs> yeah. eyes black never out. to be heard from again uh <laughs> yeah that was that was a pretty unreal experience but um so i have like little catch-up moments like that but i'm the same i'm like uh, maybe two, one or two a week. Um, every other night, that's great, dude. Wow. <laughs> but you know, I a would, lot of nights that's spread out. You know, a movie will be spread out over two nights, and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. whatever. If I get if I get a, a one in with my with my wife, or if I'm watching, you know, Space Jam with my kid, I get to log that. That's true. <laughs> and you watch both. <laughs> you yeah. had to catch up. <laughs> like I need the context, man. This is important. <laughs> I had to catch him up. He had never seen it. Yeah. Meanwhile, I took like four nights to watch Silence, <laughs> like a week ago. Yeah, that'll do it. I tried to watch Passion of the uh, No, not Passion of the Christ. Um, Last Temptation. <laughs> Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah. Uh, while I was in Austin, like trapped, and dude, even with like that amount of like, uh, I couldn't do it. it was too bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wanted to. I just that amount of like forced my attention. Yeah, uh, still, else still I could couldn't, do. still couldn't make it through. Dude, watching That's movies uh, not in a in a movie theater is pretty hard. Yes, honestly, that, like when the Irishman came out, I went and yeah. saw it in a theater. I had to. I had to. Th- yeah, yeah. I had to see the theater. It was, and yeah. it was great. Yeah, I don't know that I could sit down and watch it in one sitting. On Netflix. oh, I don't think so, man. I just don't know, and it's sad because I wish I had that gear, but yeah. I I just am too. My brain just floats, you know? Yeah. Stimulation too much. Well, that's what I was curious about even. Like, the Green Knight was... Okay, so we watched Pig two weeks ago, okay. three weeks ago. Yep. And the theater that I saw it in, the, the projectionist didn't know what was up because it was, like, completely dark, mm. darkened out. Like, the one of the scenes where, uh, you know, the guy's like, do you need a hospital? You know, do you need medical attention? Because yeah. he's bleeding. Yeah. I was like, I didn't even know he was bleeding because that's how dark mm. it is. And I said something to the theater guy. He's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just a dark movie. Yeah. And I'm like, like this is That's my first funny. time going to a theater since COVID, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, but The Green Knight restored, you know, like, okay, theaters are great. But I'm curious your, like, take on movies going straight to streaming and kind of just the, the state of theaters right now. Um, dude, I mean, even in Charlotte, uh, we had a Regal that was kind of like art house programming. Um, oh wow, two re- two regals um, that were like smaller, and they, were, they had very specific programming. That both, I mean, one that's been in Charlotte for seventy years, seventy one years closed. Oh, so that was really sad. Um, so horrible. There's that effect of it where um, it's just more limited options to see theatrically right now. Uh, thankfully, the Charlotte Film Society, they're like it's amazing, like building. Uh, independent theater called the independent um, oh, cool wow that'll be done awesome. in the fall um so that's really cool um yeah. so I'm, I'm excited for that uh, but you know uh 
it definitely has limited my options as far as like what we can see. You know, like something like AMC, they'll 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 screen Pig and uh, Nomadland and stuff like that when it comes yeah. through. Um, but yeah, we don't have like a whole like a big wealth of uh, kind of art house programming um, yeah. around here. There's an Alamo that's like three hours away or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But uh, so that's that's definitely affected things. It's just like what is available to watch theatrically. But um, I mean, honestly, that was a big reason that I uh, wanted to put a little bit of money into like having my own like, yeah. little, I mean, I have a shitty projector, um, but you know, just watching something that is like actual, like light on a screen and, yeah. and big. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not the same, but it's, you know, a different feeling than watching like a, um, a television, you know? Yeah. So, I yeah, it, I, I think it, it does make me sad. I mean, as a filmmaker, yeah, the conversations, I'm in the midst of like really trying to get a movie made and the conversations are like, to get a theatrical release now is like um, novelty. It's just like, it doesn't yeah. really happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So even like from that perspective, it's like, it's not that it doesn't happen. It's just rare, you know, as opposed yeah. to like making a movie. I mean, straight to video movies like 10 12 15 years ago were like laughable yeah and now that's like uh become obviously much more i mean much more normal now and and uh so that's a little sad um from from the viewing perspective and like kind of the creation perspective yeah yeah i i I think i told mitchell this a couple weeks ago when i took my seven-year-old to see Space the new Space Jam. We went to a theater. It was on HBO, but he, yeah, whatever. We do a movie day, yeah. And uh, he is at this age where he's kind of a, a lot, very pretty curious. And he looked up as soon as the movie started onto the back wall, and he saw this light coming wow. from a little box and hitting a screen. And like he was lit up with just That's fascination cool. about this. And you know, part of me was like, oh, this is Space Jam. It would have been cooler, be a cooler movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but it was so like it was so neat to see him discover that yeah and and i was like oh man this is what we don't get at home this is why we're here yes yes and it's the especially i mean i feel this way for myself but even with kids uh the lack of distractions in a yeah. movie theater it's like a yes. totally different experience you know yeah yeah um i do we could do a whole nother podcast on uh <laughs> movies and kids i would love to talk about that um because i'm very curious about your your kind of like uh, philosophy on like what you're showing to your kids and what you're not and how mm. you're talking about movies and stuff because um, that's a big thing for me. How, you know? how old are your kids, Jared? Uh, Eleven, nine, and six. Okay, yeah. So kind of uh, a spread where yeah, like you know yeah, and those are definitely different. And all girls, so oh. that also kind of informs okay, it yeah. a little bit. <laughs> It's like finding that movie that threads all three. You're like, yeah, okay. yeah. There we go. We do like a summer movie list every summer and try oh, to get through cool. them. We rarely get through them. Um, there's actually, a, I forget what the book is called, but it's been really informative. It basically like tells you how to watch movies, like what movies, kind of like some talking points, uh, mm. p- potential talking points, like kind of historical context of the movies. Um, oh, why they were kind of it yeah. was, it's it's by a I think it was a critic named Ty Burr. Oh yeah, um, and I, f- I forget what the name of the book is, but I, I should probably think of, I should probably find it so we can uh, so your listeners can recommend uh, that to people. 
Yeah. Yeah, I recently showed my seven-year-old Singing in the Rain. Uh, oh, the man. And I it's was such a hit, right? Like, yes. every kid loves it. Yes, he was, like, wrapped up in it. And I've got this super active little boy that, like, I was like, I don't know if he's going to like this. And he was, from the jump, all in. But yeah. also really curious of, like, the storyline with the old films and the silent era. And I yep. kind of spoke to that. And he was like, oh, okay, I get it. And so it wasn't even hard for him without no. the without the historical context. He was able to jump in still and just dude. So much it. stuff with kids is like trained, you know, like yeah, like the way that we think uh, as like adults is not the way that like kids necessarily like think yeah. because they haven't been taught to think otherwise, you know. Yeah, uh, like my kids, like I mean, just the the physical comedy of like. Uh, Buster Keaton. Yes. They like love it. You know, it's like so funny. Like my six year old is like giggles, like watching, you know, Sherlock Jr. or whatever. It's like, um, uh, okay. The name of this book is the best old movies for families. Oh, cool. A guide to watching together. And there's a Kindle version, um, that you can just download, but, um, it's so good. It it really is like kind of like a guide that goes through and kind of like walks you through stuff. Oh, I love Um, it. But yeah, anyway, another, another conversation for another time. Well, um, so Jared, I don't know if, I know we're very far in the conversation, but I don't know if you want to introduce, uh, yourself and like some of what you do, uh, to the audience. I, obviously I know your work and it's been an inspiration for me, especially kind of, uh, doing creative work both in and out and coming out of the church world yeah. and the overlap between that. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you want to kind of talk about what you yeah, do. Yeah. Um, I'm a director, um, and I, uh, yeah, just kind of grew up kind of fascinated with movies, watched movies, and decided that, uh, <laughs> well, I didn't get into any other school, any other, like, college other than art school, so. Uh, oh, I, let me ask real quick, too. Yeah. It's kind of a, a staple on the pod. Is like the first, what's the first big movie memory oh, you man. have as a kid? The fir- or, I mean, it would be Land Before one. Time, for sure, oh. but, like. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about like formative like movies as like a like a teenage like kind of like what got me into yeah. movies. I kind of realized this is a oh, this man. is a bigger Okay, I have some I have space. some weird ones. Uh yeah, I have some weird ones. <laughs> the movie that like rocked me, man, like rocked me as like a eighth grader, ninth grader was uh Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Oh yeah, interesting. Just like, dude, I was I probably watched it, I don't know, fifty times in high school, and it was mm. just you know it's like the stakes are so high. Obviously, it's Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, and the approach was so like off the wall, and uh, you just see these teenagers and like everything's life or death. Yeah. And it's all about like uh, you know uh falling in love and kind of like the, 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 uh, consequences of it. And like, uh, just shit you're not supposed to be like doing when you're like that age <laughs> <Yeah>. that you <laughs> are like, right. but in your mind, it's like a teenager. Like this makes sense to me because this is how yeah, the, the world looks to me. Yeah. The, the heightened looks, emotions of yes. high school years. Yeah. Yes. And it, like for some justifying reason, it. and then you had that soundtrack where it's just like, Oh yeah. my God, it's the first time I really listened to Radiohead. And, uh, I mean, so, so many other things on the soundtrack are just crazy. Um, and that was the first thing where I was like, whoa, this yeah. is like, uh, 
I think it was like seeing kind of my, like the emotional landscape of like my, my teenage years kind of like on a screen and just feeling like understood, which I'm, I know sounds over dramatic, but I mean, that's, that, I mean, what is a teenager? <laughs> that's what you, you are when you're a teenager. Uh, over dramatic, if anything. I am known. <laughs> uh, so that was a big one. Uh, dude, I just watched this on a plane back home two or three days ago, rewatched it. Um, and it's a little bit the same thing in a different way. Uh, Cold Mountain. You guys ever seen Cold Mountain? Yeah, I remember Cold Mountain. That was a big deal to me. Um, later on in high school, uh, I think, and it's funny, you think about like, you know, Romeo and Juliet was obviously like Shakespeare uh, to a T, like even the dialogue and everything. Um, and then, I mean, the Cole Mountain is very much like Odysseus. You know, it's very, it's yeah. very like mythological, and yeah. uh, it's interesting. It's kind of being drawn to those like archetypal stories at a young age. Yeah. Um, but I think in the same way, it's like these. I think when I saw it in high school, and you just—I don't know if you guys are super familiar with the movie, but the whole thing is kind of like based on this premise that like Nicole Kidman and Jude Law had like this passing, these passing moments before he went off to war. Yes. And she's back home, like barely surviving. He's obviously off at war, like clinging to his life. And the, the one thing that like kind of gives them this hope to like keep on moving is like these fleeting moments that they don't even know if the other is remembering or aware of, if they mean like this, the same thing to, the other at all, but that's yeah. the one thing that keeps them going. Um, and he ends up deserting and trying to come back to her only from like one letter that he received like three years after he left. Mm. Um, and so it's like, again, stakes are super high. Um, it's this, I mean, just like being a teenager, like there's, you know, you like, you're like sitting in youth group and like your pinkies touch with like another girl. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the hand holding yeah, for the prayer circle. Yeah, and it's like, like I'm, I'm gonna step over here. So I think I think a lot of those things were touching on like what it means to be like a I don't know like a, a growing uh, teenager like into an adult and yeah. like those feelings and seeing them kind of on screen. Obviously in a much more like grand way than I was experiencing them, but I just remember them like really meaning a lot to me and then the mm-hmm. third one that I kind of group with those two is Motorcycle Diaries um, yeah. uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that but uh, I think just the idea of like kind of venturing out and like seeing the world um, yeah, you know and, and interacting with people and um, life I don't know the world is kind of like being open and, and um, I don't know all the, the three of those, for some reason, always kind of stick with me as like uh, kind of weird, not cool movies that really just like wrecked yes. me, you know? Yeah. No, that's cool. That, I'll have I, to check. I, I think I've only seen Romeo and Juliet in high school. Yeah. For like, you know, like. I have like um, my friend Parrish who uh, write, we like, he's my writing partner. We write everything together. He had never seen it, watched it this year, and was just kind of like, yeah, it's good, Jared. Like, cool. And I, like, can't fault like anybody. <laughs> I can't fault anybody because it's so much. I mean, even, like, with music, dude. Like, I think about yeah stuff that I listen to. Not that anything is, like, um, like, like I, I listen to Jeff Buckley and, like, 
ninth grade or something. And right. not that like it's any, it's not like fantastic, but I don't know if I heard Jeff Buckley for the first time right now, if I would go back yeah. and be like life changing, yeah. you know, I, I, but right. I think hearing it when I did same thing with like red house painters or something like I listened to red house painters when I was younger and it's just like all the kind of like life that gets entangled with it that makes it so special you know so yeah i think the same thing yeah. with, with movies it's like i can't really blame anybody for not having like the same contextual experience yeah with a movie yeah. it, it, that I it's have. it's funny you say the romeo and juliet because i remember watching moulin rouge uh, mm. close to when that came out and just having a similar reaction of like this this is crazy i this is what movies could be and music yeah. and and like Again, I don't know if I watch that for the first time now. As a, yeah. in my thirties, I'd be like, oh, "This is kind of odd." Yeah. Uh, but when I was like, you know, ninth grade and watching yeah. Ewan McGregor sing yeah, the stuff wow. from The Sound of Music, that medley, dude, is and the medley, incredible. the love medley, yeah. is so yeah. good. Mm. And and it's like such an off the wall movie, but it's, movie. it's similar to Romeo and Juliet. But yeah. that I think it. I think I love what you speak to that the way that films can really engage with young people and that heightened emotions yes. of, of life experience that even a movie like cold mountain, which yeah. I, I remember that was such an important movie the year it came out, right? Like all the yeah. Academy Awards and, and that kind of thing. Um, but that movie doesn't feel like it would be one to speak to a teenage guy. Yeah. Uh, cause it's civil war or is it civil war, right? It's civil war. Yeah. yeah. Civil war journey, you know, whatever. But but the emotions are are there. It's the yeah. it's the reason. I mean, and I was just in love with Nicole Kidman. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's. <laughs> but also this but, other huge. Uh, fact. Uh, see, <laughs> see, I remember like Natalie Portman. I think is in that also. She is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was important to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's a, how shall we say important? <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, you know, it's the same reason that it was like teenage girls going to see Titanic for 20 yeah, times yeah. in the theaters that put yeah. that movie over a billion dollars in the box office. Yeah. Because this kind of historical drama just speaks to that. It, it's But it's the heightened emotions of film and yeah. the way that a, a movie can get that across. That's cool. Yes. Yeah, it, it's funny. I'm doing a on Instagram. I'm posting a CD a day for a year because I, I, I used to collect CDs CD in high school. CD a day for a year. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and so, so I actually have CDs around. I'm like, I'm just going to do a one sentence, what it meant to me. Love and I'm it. like, it's easy to pick the, like, highbrow, like, yes, you had good taste yeah. ones to share. But I'm also committing to sharing the, like, oh, God, this is embarrassing. But it still has, like, a soul yeah. like, connection going what's on. The, what's the age difference here between you guys? So I'm, I'm 31. Mitchell, you're 28? 28. Yeah. Youngins, okay. Um, yeah, I had, so I'm 34. I had a brother who's five years older than me mm. and he, my wife always kind of makes fun of me mostly because I make fun of her <laughs> because anything that she was listening to in like sophomore year of college, I listened to like eighth grade because like <laughs> my, my brother was, yeah, no, come on, come on. Uh, I was just like exposed to stuff that was like too cool for like how young I was, honestly. Um, yeah. but it, yeah. that definitely was really like formative for me. Uh, like the kind of stuff that I was I was listening to, but at the same time I was like I love Lenny Kravitz and Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff too. So. <laughs> right, <laughs> but having an older brother, like an older sibling, Chili Peppers, kind of like uh, you know paves paves the way. Yeah. That was a big that was a big deal for me too with movies and music and everything like that. 
Yeah. That's this yeah. right here. I would have no grid for this movie world if it weren't for this guy. I love it. Guiding me through it. Yeah, we talked. We talked. I think we've talked about like I was. I was. It was late high school. I was maybe graduated in college. No Country for Old Men came out, and oh. Mitchell was probably ninth grade. And I. Would, yeah, that. W- <laughs> not to be so just like you know letterboxy with like one of my first formative movie <laughs> moments as No Country for Old Men, but but when they're good, they're good. To get, when they're good, it's. It was the first time where I was like, oh, movies can be. A whole other thing Dude. than I that I thought, and and like you knew about it, and was like, we gotta watch this together. Dude, I was in Marfa in June in Texas, um, and I was driving through, and I was like, man, they should make someone somewhere should make a movie about the fact that there will be blood and no country for old men. Yes, were filmed yes. <laughs> in yes. that close proximity at the exact same time. That's like really what was insane. In the water. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, exactly. What's in the water? Like, what in the world? Like, the two absolute <laughs> classics were made within miles of each other. I, I don't know. If, same time. if you've heard this, maybe apocryphal story of when they're shooting that scene at the end of No Country in the yeah. suburban neighborhood, apparently Daniel Day-Lewis, like, drives by on a motorcycle and, like, curses them all out for being <laughs> in his way. Like, this is amazing. The, 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 that that or, was even a possibility. They had, to, they had to, like, shut down shooting... Like no country did because of the smokestack yep, from uh, yep, yeah yeah there will be blood they're cool, like man. tossing stones at each other from across the freeway. It's uh, amazing. Uh, okay, I guess you guys want to talk about Green Knight at some point. I don't know. This has been pretty good so far. Okay. <laughs> I, oh, okay, I was gonna say. So I kind of I kind of redirected you, but your your film journey a little. If you want to give a quick uh, just well, obviously so I don't you went really to film school. To this question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I went to film school. Uh, did that whole thing. Um, it was great. I mean, there's, I have so many friends who didn't go to film school for me. I think like, um, the, I mean, I barely graduated high school, like barely. I remember walking across the stage at graduation being like, I have this diploma, but I don't even know if it's, I don't even know if I actually (laughs) did. You're going, are you sure? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) To the guy giving it to you. Um, is there anything in this like folder? I don't even know. Um, somehow I graduated, um, yeah, I got into SCAD, uh, had like a whole portfolio that I submitted and an essay, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's the only school I got into. Wow. And I went to Savannah, Georgia and did that for four years and it was great. Um, met my wife there, made a mm-hmm. lot of like connections that I still have to this day. I graduated in 2009, so what is that, 12 years ago. Um, man, I'm so old. <laughs> I'm just doing the math. <laughs> You're like, oh gosh. Um, and then, yeah, so it's kind of, it's a little funny. So I I did this senior film um, and kind of went off on my own to do it. Shot, like drove out from Savannah to New Mexico with like six other guys and made a movie. And uh, my whole kind of like vibe, I think still a little bit, but especially in, in film school is like, there's just a lot of like talky people in film school, just art school in general that like, like to be like boisterous and, and talk a lot. And, um, that was just never me. So yeah. I, nobody like really knew me very well. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, I had like a small crew that I worked with, but I made this movie out in New Mexico and I came back and edited it pretty like quietly. And then they had these like, you know, like end of year, like, uh, awards and, I, uh, 
show my film and it wins like everything. Wow. And everybody's like, who the hell is this guy? You know, like, what the hell? <laughs> and then go. all the professors are like, what are you doing next? What are you going to do? And the summer before I had gone to intern, just as like a friend, not even like I wanted to do this, but I'd gone to intern at uh, Elevation Church in Charlotte. Mm. And um, I had basically, I had applied for two internships, uh, one with the Maisel Brothers, didn't get it. Maisel Brothers who did like, uh, salesmen and um, I mean they're just like yeah yeah epic legendary filmmakers who I think both are have passed away this point. yeah um, and Barbara Koppel's uh, documentary company she did Harlan County USA I don't oh yeah I've seen yes. that before um, and didn't get either of those which is kind of heartbreaking so I was like oh my god this is you know like my life's over and then my friend Ryan Hollingsworth <laughs> who I went to high school with he's a little older, older than me like, well, dude, just like you want to come to Charlotte and hang out for like a, a, uh, the summer. And I was like, okay. So I went and did that and kind of like ended up enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. Went back to school to finish my senior year. And during that time, they had offered me a job to come back and do like video stuff at the church. Keep in mind that during this time, you know, 2008, 2009, yeah. the world is falling apart. Yes. Major recession. <laughs> yeah. The, Very different. Yeah, the economy is like non-existent and I'm uh, about to get married to my wife and I'm like, dude, a job, a job, a job. You know? Yeah. Um, so totally. I, I, I remember my professors like kind of following me like after I had shown my film and they're like, well, what do you want to do next? How can we help you? I was like, well, I have a job actually. Like, oh great what is it I was like well I'm working at a church and they're like uh what <laughs> <laughs> like totally confounded which I understand I guess um so I went off and did that and uh was there longer than I thought I would be and in a lot of ways it was a good experience a lot of ways it was not yeah um but uh dude I just did so much work when I was there I, yeah the volume of work that I was doing it was like a second film school um <laughs> And instead of paying to do it, I was getting paid to do it. Not very much, but I was getting paid to do it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so it goes with church yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. Church creative work. Um, a lot of it. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had a lot of fun uh, in a lot of ways, but yeah, not all positive, of course. Um, and yeah, while I was there, started to kind of do music videos on the side. Yeah. And that was a big kind of like kind of paved the way for me to, to leave. Um, not like money wise, but just more like I had like a, I had work that wasn't church work. Yeah. Um, and there just came a time when it was like, okay. I mean, for a lot of reasons, but thankfully I'd had like a body of work that I knew would kind of like pave the way for the next part of my career. So I've been freelance for just about five years now. Cool. Um, and yeah, I've just been kind of like grinding to, make great work yeah. uh, as much as I can. And, you know, a lot of those early music videos were for John Mark McMillan, yeah. who's um, still a close friend. And uh, I don't think I realized how special that relationship was. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I mean, again, we're still really close, but we're not making the like videos like we used to anymore. Um, and, you know, at this point I've written for like, I've written treatments for like every artist I could have ever wanted to. Yeah. Um, I haven't won the videos, but (laughs) I, I, there's like that level of exposure that I think has kind of clued me into the fact that like, man, it is really special to have like 
friends who are very talented who, mm. who kind of like bring you into their like yeah. ecosystem and give you like a yeah. lot of freedom to do that kind of stuff because yeah. that level of trust just like doesn't exist. I mean, I found maybe two right. other artists that I've been able to do that with yeah. um, since. And uh, yeah, it's a special thing. Um, I, you know, you look back at like being younger and that you wish that you were like doing like X, you know, like I wish I had this amount sure. of money or working with this artist. And it's like, right. it is funny to kind of like get to that point and be like, man, I wish I was back doing that. So the energy of the, because that was my first experience of your work too, was John Mark's videos. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, love at the end. And I think Wilder love yeah. too. And just being like, dude, why is this shot like that? <laughs> like, what is happening? What idiot and, was, did this? <laughs> but it was like everything John Mark was doing back then was like, dude, what? Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. it's such a departure from what that, you know, what I'm used to of his stuff and kind of the semi-Christian world. Semi-Christian, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Best way I can describe it. Uh, yeah. So I've kind of transitioned into, I mean, I'm still doing a lot of music videos um and commercials here and there and just trying my damnedest to get um i have a few movies i'm trying to get the ground but one specifically that i'm like every ounce of my being is going into trying to get that made so um Mm, come on man that's that's the dream you know uh that's i have to remember that and remind like especially like younger guys um who hit me up and and want to talk shop it's like I didn't go to film school to make commercials. Come on. You know, like (laughs) I was like, you know, dreaming of, uh, all the movies that we've been talking about, you know, like, um, how, how can I like access that space and like add my voice to it? And, um, it's -hmm. very easy to get distracted, you know, and, and, um, forget about that. But that's been a big part of my journey the past two or three years. It's like really kind of recentering myself. That's cool. Yeah. And I'm curious, uh, because when I first saw it, it was such a left turn for me with your work of uh, your short "Pray for the Children." Yeah. Um, and Matthew watched it since, like, you know, like I was like, "Do we gotta have Jared on the pod?" Yeah. He just yeah. watched it recently and was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> um, but as a, as just a standalone short that's not a music video or yeah. you know, like you said, kind of an ad. But I was wondering if you could just speak to that project a bit and how that got made, even. Yeah. So I I made like a handful of shorts, maybe like three prior to that um that were very like really loose um like where i would have more of like an outline and not Mm -hmm. much of like a script and i knew like if i was going to engage on the level like making a feature i at least wanted to like um have experience with like dialing in a script and then shooting that script you know even if for a feature if i decide to like veer away from that which i think I, i that experience was like really helpful um, I, th- I do think like for my feature, I will be a bit looser than that. Mm. Um, but I, it was like a experiment in so many, in so many ways, you know, like even like the premise of it, it was all, I think I always tend to, uh, be really attracted and excited by like, um, structure, you know? So yeah. for that film, just the idea that it was like, um, this character who's kind of like on this decline right like this kind of mental decline and we're seeing like just the last like two percent of it yeah where it's like something plays out in his head and then he's able to kind of hit reset yeah and uh kind of keep like the physical and the mental separate yeah right like yeah um these kind of like 
illusions or whatever he's having in his head of, of, of violence, he's able to like kind of separate and, and, and organize them from like the mental and the physical. Yeah. Until basically like they kind of transcend and, and coagulate, you know, into like yeah. one thing. And he's kind of like, so that's what I mean is like, it's, it's like these two things merging, like kind of like this uh, mental battle of like this violence that's kind of like plaguing his mind. And then like mm. eventually it kind of turns and like transcends into, into the physical. Yeah. And a big part of it was like, you know, just like even like driving across like a bridge or something, the idea that easily you could just like, it's fully within your control physically to just like yank yes. the steering wheel, you know, and mm. like go right. off of a bridge. But there is some mental barrier that keeps you from doing that. So that was kind of mm-hmm. a big part of this film was like, what if we see like a slow, like erosion of that mental barrier Yeah, and um, yeah. it transcends kind of into the physical. So that, that was kind of the premise of it for me. And then writing just kind of some batshit scenes to, to explore <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Indeed. That's yeah. It's a power. It's a lot of powerful images. Um, yeah. And I was talking about it with Mitchell earlier, but it reminded me in, in certain ways of, um, I'm thinking of ending things, the yeah. Charlie yeah, yeah. Coffin movie last yeah, year, just the, the, the way you play with the, what's real, what's imagined, what's in my yeah. head. And, uh, and I mean that in a really positive way, cause that's a movie I liked a lot. Um, yeah, and same. some really like stark challenging tableaus that you create in this space and uh and then kind of let the let us kind of deal with it uh, which, I, which yeah. I, I think of a lot with the Kaufman work yeah yeah I think that was that was kind of part of it it's just like present and I, I I never um I mean even speaking to some of the church work I was talking with a friend um last week who was saying uh he was saying like I thought a lot of what you were doing at Elevation was so different because it always felt like, and I think this is true. There was like a sense of like doubt to it, mm. you know, um, which I think maybe felt a little different than like what other churches were, were doing was like, um, whether it was doubt or just like curiosity or something. Um, I feel like that is something that I have, not not like consciously, but stepping back and looking at some of the through lines of my work, there is like a curiosity of like, what if this happened or like, yeah. what if we looked at it this yeah. way? Mm-hmm. Um, because of kind of my, my, yeah, like my own, like where I'm at, you know? Like yeah. I'm interested in exploring those things. I, I remember like a couple churches back, uh, the, the video team had one of your one of your pieces from Elevation that are, that are just gathered around like, okay, can, can we move this direction? But I remember thinking like this, it, it felt like a, a church piece that didn't have answers, yeah. which is usually the, the feeling after like, you know, a conference promo or even like just a, a thing to show on Sunday as like a, a beautiful piece of art. But it's, it's like we were here and now we're here and we have the, yeah. the answers to everything that was troubling us. Yeah. And there was more amb- ambiguity kind of. I think honestly it. that is uh, not to get into this too much, but I think like over the years, my interests and kind of like the needs of whatever, sure. like uh, the ministry was wanting to do. I, I think that I was kind of blind to it and maybe they were too. And we were, it, it just kind of got to a point where it was like, 
I don't want to make that kind of stuff anymore. I don't want to make yeah. what you're wanting me to make anymore. And they didn't want yeah. what I had to offer anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So it was just a, yeah, I think it was like time. Yeah. 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 You know, and I, th- I still so think like, I'm on. We'll pass on Pray for the Children. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I'm still on that trajectory. I'm still bending like way far this way, you know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> on my own now. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I'm just uh, exploring things, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, there, it feels like the common theme, even in some of the music videos, like really like beautiful haunting imagery. Yeah, that's it's like uh, like some of the pray for the children. It's like it's beautiful, but it's freaking me out that it's beautiful because it's so dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I I think when that came out, I've been like slightly perplexed by the reaction. I don't think people quite know what to do with it, honestly. Uh, and I it was never meant to be like absurdly dark. Which I feel like maybe is like a bit of a uh, window into <laughs> why. <laughs> right. You're like, come on, this isn't so bad. The guitar is like yeah, yeah. bleeding everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It almost was like kind of like comedic to me, but um, I don't, maybe again, maybe that's like. That's so funny. That's a window. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm reading David Lynch's book right now, and he's talking about like some of the more horrific scenes in Blue Velvet. Yeah, and like the actors were saying it was so weird. David was laughing the whole time they were shooting. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. <laughs> he's like, he's in the most like chipper, happy mood the whole time they're filming it. They're like, okay, that's <laughs> so funny, dude. That's wild. Um, okay. I feel like Green I night. have gotten us so far out. I'm sorry. I was just like <laughs> No, no. Been this, this is why we're here. But we can we can just jump into the Green Knight. I wish I had more thoughts about it. I, I'm like still wrestling with it. So I, I, I'm very oh, curious okay. to hear your thoughts. So yeah. <laughs> so where do we start with it? We're all like, uh, this thing's interesting, I, isn't it, it? Okay, so definitely one of the criteria that I use to judge a movie is how much it sticks with me in my head over the preceding yeah, 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 days yeah. and weeks. And Green Knight has stuck with me in, in a way that probably nothing else that's come out this year has. And so my initial reaction was like, oh, this is great. I love this. I don't know what to make of a lot of it yet. Uh, but there is such a confidence in, uh, David Lowry, the director and what he's doing. This is the movie he wanted to make. And how much did it matter? Speaking of like, uh, anticipation for like film filmmakers, did it being a David Lowry movie, did that bring anything to the table for you guys on the front end? Like I love a ghost story. Um, and but it's not like he's, I don't think he's at that point where yeah. every time he makes a movie, I'm there opening night. Um, yeah. yeah. I, to be honest, I think that when the trailer dropped last year, cause this was supposed to come out last summer, I was right. so struck by the style of it that yeah. that was my big anticipation point. Yes. Yeah. I, my, okay. Here you go. Since we're talking about letterbox, I'll read you my, um, <laughs> my five word review of the green Knight. Yes. Uh, Confused, perplexed, surprised, fascinated, mesmerized. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wrap. <laughs> that's a wrap. That's about it's been it. great, guys. Thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> like, that's my time? Yeah. Uh, that is how I feel. I, I feel like there's a lot that I'm... It, I, and I don't even... I think the hard part is, like, uh, I think it just demands a second viewing. Yeah. I don't know if yes. sitting with it... For me, personally, I don't know if sitting with it, if I'm going to uncover a whole lot that I didn't... 
maybe this conversation will help, but, um, yeah, there's so much that was happening that, um, I feel like I need to sit with again, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, that was, that was my first response walking out because also the audio was like a little muddied. And so dude, I, I love, love watching movies that you're with such subtitles. a technical freak. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love that you like, like the projections dude, up. I've never thought that ever in a movie theater. <laughs> okay. This one, uh, it was like black silhouettes talking. Okay, I was like, is right, there fair. a pig in this movie? I will but, say I went to go uh, see uh, Dunkirk and my eardrums were about to fucking blow. <laughs> so, there is that. Uh, yeah. Are you a subtitle guy? Like, do I put them on when they're in English? Is that what you mean? Like, like, do you? Because I, I, that's my, like, default is having subtitles. No, on. no way. Wow. I mean, no, I will Matthew totally Wonder. watch movies with subtitles, but if it's like an English movie, right, right, I'm probably not going to put subtitles on. It was. I was having moments like in that movie, The Green Knight, where it's like, ah, I cannot wait for the subtitle version. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's definitely like, hear what's going that's on. That's definitely true. I do think that there's a level of like. Uh, awareness that's probably yeah. high. Well, and the Green Knight has the, the, the kind of overdone medieval accents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, I was like, what are they King saying? Arthur. What? Because I've seen, okay. Because his name is like Garwin or something, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, that's, well, that's yeah, not that's how totally I read true. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, one thing that I want to talk about is it's such an interesting premise for a movie just not even a movie just like a story because i know this is like a like ancient story that's been around forever yeah um i think it's like a not like nobody even knows who wrote it right yes um but it's such an interesting one because uh it all it's more like a riddle than it is like a than anything you know like because you know we talked about stakes of of uh stories earlier the stakes of this are so funny because they are life and death, but it, it's almost like it feels like an Aesop fable or something. Yes, I, that's does. what I was going to say. Yeah. It feels like a fable and a riddle. Yes. And one of the things that I love structurally about it is that at the beginning, yeah, like you said, it's life or death. And the, the Green Knight comes in and says, let's play my game. Yeah. And uh, there's like their characters, uh, and, and Gowan does this where he says, but, but it's just a game. Like they're trying to mm-hmm, minimize mm-hmm. the stakes of what's right. happening, but right. as a viewer, uh, and it's not like they're trying to hide the thing. As soon as he says in his instructions to the game, strike me. And then a year from now I get to reciprocate. Yep. And, and I'm thinking like, okay, just like give him my paper cut. Uh, I know. That's what I thought. Like you want to solve the riddle. Right. Do we have to be so, so dramatic? <laughs> well, I think that is it though. Right. Like that yeah. is the entire thing is that like Gowan, like he wants the drama. Yes. He wants the honor, he the wants glory, he, the legacy. He, he yeah. wants the legend of the being of the story. Yes. And yeah. then so that happens immediately. And I was actually surprised by how quickly the movie gets to that place. I mean, that's like eight yeah. minutes in. Yeah. And then the rest of this movie is like this train moving towards an ending and there is no stopping it. Unless this guy yeah. decides to abandon his yeah. his quest, but he's so prideful about being a legend that he can't do that yes but he Mm -hmm. seems to be wondering at every turn well surely he's not going to kill me and like literally in the green chapel at the end is this all it is yeah come on (laughs) and the green knight's like are we we spoiler friendly here is that yeah yeah 
Yes, we love spoilers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Let's run it. Um, yeah, that because that seems to be the central thing, right? Like, that's kind of like flies under the radar, but like narratively, that drives everything yeah. is, is Gowan's like ego, you know, to, to be, uh, you know, someone asked him like early on, like, are you a knight? And he says, not yet. You yeah. know? And it's like, right. He obviously has aspirations to, to do that, but it's interesting to like, you know, throughout his experience, I mean, even, even like when he's, uh, talking in the field to, um, like where the battle yes. is taking place and, um, which is named Barry Keegan is like kind of the, the, the scavenger kid yeah. from Dunkirk. Speaking of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he's from he's so good. He's from yeah. a lot of stuff. I saw that tweet. It was like you know when this actor shows up, it's about it's to trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Killing of a sacred deer. Oh yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> like not this kid. Yeah, good no. Lord. Uh, but he's like he asked him like how, like if he uses his axe like the massive axe it's like strapped yeah. to his horse and he says like here and there. And then Barry Keegan's like here, like referencing like the battlefield. He's like, well, there, you know. <laughs> and it's like he he wants to assume like the form of a knight, but yeah. isn't quite sure he's like willing to do what it takes, you know. Yeah, it's very and interesting. and then that that really beautiful sequence at the end where he, I suppose it's him imagining him escaping and imagining oh, how his man. life is going to play out. Like I love that. Yeah. And and that's the him him saying I could have the glory and be deceptive about this, but yeah. he also sees how that plays out and how the how the deception and the cowardice infects everything around him. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's where he finally gets to because that's so much of the movie leading up to that is how his own insecurities and cowardice yeah, corrupt everything around him. Uh, but he he's doesn't seem to be aware of it until he's in the green chapel yeah uh, with an axe to his head talk to me about um Joel Edgerton's character I'm so curious y'all's take on that whole kind of side this is the the, the, the lord and lady in the manor yeah 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 any thoughts on that I, I'm like <laughs> trying to figure out well I and you know we've talked about on the pod a little bit of like you know how much of your enjoyment of a movie it's kind of like like for me after i love reading about yeah. you know what the the stuff going on the process and 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 just reading about this story and this mm. movie um like one of the things a theme that came up was the five values of the knights of the round table interesting and it was like uh piety chastity mm. generosity and it's like the movie kind of sets those trials up and he fails each one that's and, so and interesting wow yeah and so like like generosity with that with scavenger, scavenger kid, yeah. he's like yeah. yeah he's like no obviously chastity not so much um but i forget which one what the value was for that kind of deal with that the lord of the manor of like yeah. not giving not fulfilling that deal that he had with him that's so but, interesting just like a gauntlet of like uh values that's so interesting. Yeah, and like they would even wear this five pointed star on their stuff, and there's like medallions of the other knights having it that represents those values. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it it was nice framing for me of like yeah, it's not totally. just a bunch of random you know That's, events happening yeah, yeah. here. Um, can I ask but, you? But that, yeah, can I ask you no. a question, Mitchell? Um, yeah, your thought on uh, the intermittent uh, title cards throughout. Oh my gosh! I was, I was like, "This is this is already ranking like as one of my favorite pieces of this." 
I, like I said already, A24 always crushes the marketing. And yeah. they, they did like a video that was like, let me, let's give you some context for this yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That was beautiful. But yeah, th- those always make me, make me I, happy. I love the title cards too. Like really just beautiful design of that but i'm i'm now wondering now that you said this mitchell how much more effective the movie would be if it was baked into the structure these five mm-hmm. kind of values if that was showed up as a title card or something yeah each sequence what's what's cool about title cards is they're almost like poetry in that the title of a poem is part of the poem yeah, like yeah. it kind of completes yeah. what you're about to experience and so the way they set those up that's why i'm so excited for the second viewing is to yeah get, view them in more context like that yeah that's true that's true but but when when you talk about that that uh interaction he has in the manner what's the what's the um queen's name she's not a queen she's i think she's a bikander is her yeah name name uh i forget what her character yeah name is. i think they just call her the lady um like the, the lady, lady of the house right and uh but but it was she, her speech it's, it's the same actress as his girl Back yeah, yeah. Home. So there's like this, as his lady, yes. like she wants to be his lady. Yeah. Um, but like her speech, like is kind of a crux for the oh, movie. Man. For me. Yeah, <laughs> on on green. I'm like, like days after I'm seeing like uh, like grass come out of a sewer drain. I'm like, oh my god, it's coming. More. <laughs> no. Yeah, that was a pretty powerful moment for sure. She's amazing. I remember her mostly. I mean, she's in a lot of things, but uh, Ex Machina. Yes. Was like, yeah. Really good in that. The thing. Um, yeah, I, there, I think, I think that you kind of talking about these five points of like, uh, these five values or whatever helps, but I think that is maybe kind of how I walked away from the movie was like, it was a lot of things to kind of collect and I didn't quite know how to sort out, um, everything. And that didn't like, that didn't, that wasn't like a pain point. It didn't like make me, uh, like the movie less. I don't know. I don't know if there's any other way to say it other than like I felt maybe overwhelmed with um, just the volume of things that I I needed to like put some kind of order to. Yeah, and I I think it just demands a second viewing. You know. Yeah, because I I think about that too, where, where you have these really striking, almost it's episodic in nature. Yeah. Uh, the, the episodic nature of his quest. But if I start to think about too many of them at one time, if I start to bring into into the into my own frame the the headless woman in the the, the house, right. it's like, well, what was happening What's there? What's the deal with these giants? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the giants. <laughs> the giants. But even that like sequence where he does dive into the pond to retrieve her yeah. uh, head, and it's just this wild. Uh, it, it, you know, visually, this wild sequence with all the red light and the water, and uh, like what's even happening and what's real, and um, and 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 so now, like on on reflection of the movie, I've kind of tuned that out because that was just yeah. it was confusing. It was not in a bad way. It was just I'm not sure where that settles in with everything. So let's just kind of move on mentally. Yeah, I think there's a lot of those pieces that kind of fall to the to the floor a little bit where I'm like, I'll have to like deal with that later or figure yeah. it out later. Um, like trying to ascribe a ton of meaning in the moment. You're yeah. Like, which I mean, okay. I would even say in my, my own work, uh, so much of it is like, um, intuitive, you know? Yeah. And like, I, I, I yeah. know that like on some level it makes like emotional sense, but I'm not like, I don't, I, I don't feel any like need to, uh, 
like you said, Mitchell, like ascribe meaning to it on the front end. I just kind of know if it is coming out of me in a certain way that there is kind of like innate meaning to it. And I, and I'm curious, I'd be curious to talk to like, or hear from the filmmakers on, on that. Like if every single, you know, inch of every part of the production design is like, uh, you know, just like littered with like Easter eggs, you know, yeah, or is it like, right, right. or is it like it, this is kind of like this emotional um, thing that feels like, like what a journey like this might feel like, or like, you know, we're kind of transcribing this experience through like this kind of surrealist lens and like it is kind of what it is. Or if it's like, Oh, you didn't catch his like belt buckle. It like tells you. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you, you idiot. (laughs) You missed it. It's hard because I I feel like the film is so stylized and has such a, such care and, and high level of just production design throughout that I, I can't imagine, I'm not a filmmaker, but I can't imagine that a lot of it wasn't planned uh, really yeah, yeah. in great detail. I listened to, I don't know if you listen to the Roger Deakins podcast. Yeah. Um, he was talking about working with Denis Villeneuve on Sicario and just like, Hey, here's a, here's a shot. We'll do this image. I don't know what we're going to use it for. We'll just save it for later. And that was a lot yeah. of their process, but that's because that was the nature of their, their production and, and the film Yeah. where something like the green Knight, I just don't know how much they could get away with that because so much of it feels like baked into the piece. I will say small plug for, uh, my podcast. Oh yeah, please. Hey, uh, we have, uh, Jade Healy, who is a production designer on the green. Oh, cool. Oh, um, whoa. So, uh, (laughs) no big deal. Uh, it was, I I think we, David Lowry just walks in. We, uh, we talked, we talked more about, um, well, Green Knight just hadn't come out yet, so we didn't yeah. we couldn't get into that a whole lot. But uh, yeah, if you're interested in, in that, her name's Jade Healy, and, and the podcast is called Good the Podcast, and we talk a lot about because she did uh, she actually did production design on Killing a Sacred Deer as well. Oh wow! Um, oh wow! And that kid, a hand, <laughs> hand that kid, <laughs> a handful of other things. So anyway, if you want some insight into her process, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, she was uh, looking at, she even was like describing her kind of lookbooks on like every movie mm. she does. And just like getting to know her for like an hour, I'm like, yeah, there's there's no way that there's not like, uh, you know, just like explicit intention and in like everything yes. she's doing. Yeah, now, that's time, my impression watching this film. At the same time, though, like, you know, as a director, when you're making decisions, not everything, a lot of things do just feel right. And, you know, like, not yeah. I don't know I don't know though you know you you work like years on a film like like that that kind of film like you were saying like maybe Sicario is kind of just like a different beast um and this is like yeah this is kind of a, you know obviously like a period film that uh has to make like like hardly anything is just kind of um uh like can you kind of just like assume yeah you know like you could with right. like something that is more like contemporary uh, when you're when you're like making like a period world, like everything's a decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, and so I, I don't know. I, I and I did. I listened to an interview with David Lowry, and he talks a little bit about that, where it was there was less concern with everything being totally accurate to a specific time. Yeah. But everything had to feel right. Yeah. To the whole overall vision, aesthetic, feel of the film. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, everything, was, everything feels like is, that's like a guiding theme for yeah. it is that 
when I was, it felt so like just a deep pool that maybe I don't want to like explore all of it, but it's yeah. fun to let it wash over you, you know? Yes. Like, <laughs> and I, I also, yeah, that feels like the right way to experience this movie. Yeah, like the Giants. Okay, this feels right. Okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah, like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Or one of my favorite moments is just when, like, there's that drone over him, and then all of a sudden the drone's rotating, and the world's flipping upside down. And I'm like, there's no other, like, like I mean, kind of the turning scene when he's lying yeah, in the yeah. forest. Yeah. But there's, like, few moments like that where it's like, you know what? We're going to throw this shot in like this. It just feels good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. There's not a lot of rhyme or reason why it does, but... And I think there's so much over intellectualizing yeah yes that totally like, that's maybe kind of what i'm trying to say is like um just because it like wasn't articulated in like some massive manuscript of how everything means everything yeah like in the movie mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it wasn't like true or yes. did, you know what i mean like right um i think there is so much about filmmaking that is like uh instinctual yeah know? um yeah and those decisions well, and could be made months and months beforehand and still be instinctual, you know? Yeah. And oh, it could absolutely. be planned, you know? So it's not like they showed up on the day and we're like, let's throw this color in there. Like, no, they're definitely like yeah, um, way past that. But that doesn't mean that they aren't like kind of felt decisions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw another just random YouTube interview with David Lauer and he was saying the opening scene with the Green Knight was originally like 45 minutes long. Wow. Yeah, and then they cut it to like Matthew. You said just like the first eight minutes. Dude, you guys are such so nerds. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, don't don't people do this? Like video essays or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Just watch. Not very many, but yes, people do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think coming away from it, I I felt um. You know, I honestly felt like gratitude, um, mm. of like. It's one. It's so hard to make a movie, man. Yeah. It's so hard to make a movie, and then to make a movie like where you literally just like um, build and like open up this entire world and like let people in, and then like just like lather them with uh, um, details and emotion and experience and surrealism and just like uh, every everything. You could just tell it was done with such care and like love, and then yeah. to like let people experience mm. that it's hard not to feel like gratitude for that. Yeah. That's how I feel at least. No, that's that, that's a good, some kind of like sense that I'm also feeling of like, I'm just so glad that there, these movies exist. Yeah. Like we said earlier, where it's not just a sequel or, you know, just building on a franchise or whatever. But yeah, it's funny. (laughs) I like, I was just saying, I, I hear you, Jared, in my sliver of me and a friend did a lyric video for Andy. We almost died. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is so hard to do. It's hard, man. Yeah, it is, and it, and it's hard. And that's another thing, man. Is like, uh, even looking at something like Su- the you know Suicide Squad, the second one, the James Gunn one, the Suicide um, Squad. Oh, is that the difference? There's Suicide I, I believe, Squad and then the Suicide. Okay. I believe so. It definitely is the Suicide Squad. <laughs> um, I watched that and I'm just so like, ah, I'm just so thankful. Honestly, that like the first one was such, I mean, I say it's a failure. It made like a billion dollars, but, uh, but on a a certain level, like such a failure because they really were like, you know what, James, just do whatever you want. It couldn't be any worse. So yeah, exactly. And he did, man. And you can tell it's just like, he went for it and it is like hilarious and stupid and over the top and like, 
raunchy and so fun. And I'm like, I feel the same way for for David Lowry. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it wasn't like preceded by, you know, the, the context isn't the same. Yes. But like, they like let him go. You know, they like let him do it. And, and you felt that. Th- that's one of the things that I'm like imagining a conversation with financiers and studio execs of like, hey, it's this, you know, it's medieval tale, but there's not a lot of action and there's yeah. no sword Lord of the Rings, but no fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and that people said, yeah, please go ahead. Like make this movie. And we've all seen a ghost story, and that made a ton of sense. And uh, <laughs> well, dude, we, we trust you. He's make, he makes uh, Pete's dragon. Uh, yeah, and, and he's, he's making Peter Pan. Exactly. And so he gets to make these little movies in between that are just like gorgeous. You know. Yeah, I I love that. One for them, one for him. Yeah. Yes, that trajectory of his career of doing these big Disney. I mean, it doesn't get bigger than studio-wise yeah. Disney. And then working with A24 on these little projects that, and then just saying, yeah, do, do what you're going to do. Dude, uh, it really is amazing. Like, again, kind of coming from like a church background, like there's so my, – my kind of like aesthetic now feels pretty like, like, you know, specific. Yeah. But like working at a church, like – you do everything, yeah. you know, like I was doing like comedy. I was doing like documentary. I was doing this, I was doing that. And like, I, and I can, I can do that. Yeah. You know, I, it's, it is weird. Like when you get into like the, the kind of industry, you're kind of typecast. It's like the guy who does this or the guy who does that. Mm. Um, and I appreciate seeing someone at such a high level being like, I can do like, a ghost story and yeah. I can do Pete's dragon like back to back. Like I love like that yeah. amount of like versatility, uh, versatility. Yeah. <laughs> I know you could bring up Soderbergh right now, but we're not. But I really respect that from, from him specifically because you can tell it's the same voice, but he does it in a way that feels like, um, yeah, I mean very like true to who he is, you know? Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Well, um, again, we want to respect your time. We just have a, a couple rapid fire. You better hurry up, dude, because I'm about to get. I, off I know. I'm, I'm like. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. Unless, so if you have any closing thoughts on the movie, and then we can like. I think that was my like closing thought. I think. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I'm just uh, happy that there are people making movies like this. Yeah. Now, uh, in my screening, I went to a, like a late night screening of this, and there weren't a lot of us, but I still had like two or three people walk out of the movie, like an hour and 10 in. same and, and same. Mitchell, you to had this that movie? experience yes to the green knight they yeah they, like an hour Literally, hour and 20 minutes in they were out it, mine was what? like 80 percent of the movie yes. it's like he's about to go to the chapel like just chill for a second dude you know one thing i was gonna say to your like there's no action no anything i really loved like what a subversive yeah idea that oh. like this is a night movie and the only action really that i can think of is like complete submission. Yes. In both cases. In both yeah. cases. Well, that's what, even before the part, we're like, man, what is in this period piece, in this kind of night story genre that is this like adverse to action and yeah. engaging with, you know, just art house aesthetic, but, you know? But it, 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 uh, it does that. It kind of, sh- uh, shoves away from the the action the kind of the, the things that you would think of typically go with the genre but then still explores themes that i think are o- o- uh, often 
um, explored in this genre, honor and glory and being yes. a part of legends and that you could yeah. do that without, um, without big battles, without a big fight. And the, the comparison I was giving to Mitchell earlier, which is, uh, to be fair, it's not a movie that's even out yet, but The Last Duel, the Ridley Scott, yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck, Matt yeah. Damon, I bet there's going to be a lot of big action set pieces in that. <laughs> yeah. And it's. Seems... I also really want to see that. I, I know. Me too. Know. Yeah. That's the thing. I, We're all like. I really want to see it. The, the, there's room for The both. wigs look yeah, crazy. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, the yeah. wigs are crazy. Yeah. But it, it, like, just in kind of knowing movies and, and knowing kind of how these things work, it seems like there's probably going to be themes of honor and glory and how you defend that as a, as a, as a, as a knight, as a man, as a person in that movie. And there's going to be some action and right. the green knight gave me that also. And a totally different way. And I love in that. a completely subversive yes. way. Yeah. I haven't thought about it like that until we were talking about it. And that is pretty magical, honestly. Yeah. To like make a, a, a like, not, like, King Arthur, Knights of the Round Table. I don't think there's... I don't think two swords even make contact in the movie. No. <laughs> yeah. You know? and and That was his first rule on set. And, no swords yeah. will touch in this movie. And I think, I think, though, like, there is something, honestly, even, like, deeply um, spiritual about the fact that, like, the only mm-hmm. violence that we see is this kind of, like, willing submission yes yes i think that's really interesting it's it's interesting you use that word submission because i think you could apply that to a lot of points in the film uh his his interactions with the bandits uh Mm -hmm. where he he doesn't even get a chance to fight them that they have uh with with their cunning have gotten him to the point of submission and yielding and the same thing with the lady in the manor um that he is even even in this kind of very um, physical, intimate, sexual scene, yep. he is the one who is submitting to her. Yeah, and we're in a lot of movies like this. I think it's often the opposite. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially sure. especially in I think a lot of people were probably thinking about Game of Thrones as they were thinking about and seeing this sure. movie. Game of yeah. Thrones has a lot more uh, sexual submission and violence towards women in the other way around. Right. Where this this movie lets our lead, who is trying to be a knight like be totally at the whims of this crazy lady. I mean, totally at the whims of every, single every, every person yes. around him. Yeah. Person or just, uh, uh, anything he comes up against. Yes. He's, he's like, um, at, yeah, at, at their mercy. Yeah. Super interesting. And okay. It starts with his mom. And I, <laughs> <laughs> thanks mom. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Brutal. The fox, but there's um, a lot in this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got yeah, the mom, got the, the mom. fox. Got the other blind lady who might be the mom in like disguise. Or something. It's confusing. Um, but okay, cool. Well, let's let's hit these segments. So, um, okay, what, what what's our first one? We should shots. Favorite, favorite shot. shot. Yeah, our favorite shot of the movie. If you have one, if you could boil it down. Lost my headphones. And I know. <laughs> this is. Excuse me. A damn fine couple segments. Probably never had that happen before. <laughs> okay, favorite. <laughs> At the suggestion of picking one. Like, oh. Favorite shot. And Matthew's got his. I've got mine. So if you if you need some time to marinate on it, go share that too. You guys but. go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, my, my favorite. Matthew, what's yours? Just kind of initial. If I saw it again, it would change. But that that panoramic rotating shot in the forest of him um, chained up by the tree 
and then it rotates around and he's a skeleton and then back around and he's back. Uh, both because it was so visually striking. Um, it's a haunting image, but also because I'm still thinking about even now, what does this mean in the context of this film? Because uh, it's not it's not that uh, clear. It's, it's, it's pretty opaque, I think, in terms of even what he's saying. <laughs> Uh, and it's very ghost story too. Yes, and it, it definitely reminded me of a ghost story. Um, like there he is in in just the kind of the passage of time and 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 all of that. But but I was like, okay, but this is not the reality because he he escapes and he gets out and the rest of the movie happens. Um, but but there's something here, and I, I don't know. Um, but it, it made me feel something, which I liked. Um, I'm kind of cheating. Mine was. It's when the Green Knight's first coming into the round table, but that in specifically in contrast with when Sir Gawain enters the Green Chapel. Mm. And it's like their silhouettes against the entrance, mm. um, kind of like sandwiching yeah, the movie it, together. Yeah. And like what I like about it is the first one is so moody and terrifying, and it's a, and but supposedly Gawain's like uh, you know moment of glory, and but it's it's framed as just cold and dark and and scary and then when he's entering the green chapel which is his moment of defeat or kind of defeat you know it's like lush mm. like heavenly mm-hmm. golden glow but they have that silhouette and it's like the same shape of the door entrance and i like that like kind of sandwiching the film okay so i had i was really trying to think of what mine would be um so you guys go into movies thinking about this. I know. It's, it, we, <laughs> I know. We're cheating here. We're cheating here. Um, so the first few minutes uh, before he kind of goes on his excursion, everything's so like confined yes. and so uh, yeah. within the walls, you know? Yeah. Um, all beautiful in its own way, uh, but so kind of cold and like, you can almost like feel like the temperature of like the stones just being oh, like, yeah. frigid and like yeah. dark. And... Um, the moment where it feels like maybe he's like kind of started his life for the first time and those uh, castle gates like open up hmm. and he like goes out into like yeah. the unknown. Um, on that long like open field yeah. highway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that that shot mm. uh, comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I Actually, I was going to say my like ones I was thinking about back and forth, the second one was when he's staying at that crossroads and there's that like skeleton hanging yeah, in the yeah, cage. Yeah. But that shot is so beautiful and it's like, all right. It's like there and back again, journey starting. Yeah, it's like a, the chapter is like, not even like of the movie, but like of his life. Yeah. It's like yeah. flipped pages, you know. The, the day that's different. Yeah, exactly. But, awesome. Um, why am I blanking on our second one? We do our star rating. Our letterbox. Oh yeah, just a letterbox review. Okay. It, are you? Are you? So I know there's like some people are very anti, you know, a star. Rating. I'm all about the stars. Okay, cool. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Not like it means anything, and I will say like the longer I am, uh, like doing what I do for a living, and the more people I meet. The scared yeah. I am of like people <laughs> seeing, reducing seeing, someone's. Yeah, I mean like, one pouring out one like that for sure of like cool that my like three six ten years of work has like been reduced to uh, stars <laughs> <Three and laughs> half. um or that they would see what i had to say and that would be kind of embarrassing um <laughs> but i gave it four stars 
I gave it four stars. And I think like some of that is optimistic uh, upon like a reviewing of it. Um, yes. I just feel like there's enough. It's like an there. aspirational review. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, I feel like there's, it's so um, dense and there's enough there that I'm like sure of it that on a, a, another viewing that I'll, I'll be taking more and more from it. So yeah, yeah, I gave it, I gave it four. I do not get, dude, I do, I am pretty harsh on my stars. I was going to say, so what I, is yeah, your frequency? I love this. Matthew's, I'm so Matthew's generous. extremely generous. I'm like, like, that was really good. I'm going to give you four stars. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Okay. So here's, here's like a good thing. Based on what I described of out of sight. Yeah. How many stars mm-hmm. do you think I gave it? Um, which you said it was fine. You would give it two and a half. I gave it three. Three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but then like, um, no sudden move. I what, what, two and a half. I gotta ask this yeah. then. What did you give Suicide Squad or the Suicide Dude, Squad? You're gonna, you're gonna laugh. You're gonna <laughs> laugh. But I really responded to it. <laughs> and this is very anti how I do things on Letterbox. But I, I, <laughs> right. I gave it four stars. Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, I I love. Uh, this is the spectrum, though. This, this, this is, is what is I love the, about uh, movies: is that the Green Knight and the Suicide Squad can have the same rating. It's true. It's true. Sometimes it is embarrassing to look back at things, and I I, I, I stick with them. I don't really go back and change anything, but it is embarrassing sometimes to be like, like an epic drama that like has redefined movies as we know it i gave like a four and then like yeah suicide squad i give like a or something <laughs> I comparable i give That's like a three tough. and a half and i'm like wow yeah okay fantastic mr fox i have at a five because it's just Ooh. i love it i but think i think we that should in, we should uh, after we get done with it i'd love to hear some of your five star i give out very few five stars uh, i give out too many okay I, i'd love to hear just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay but, or or maybe maybe we could share our just our uh four oh, yeah, likes we could do our four box. favorites Ooh, that's a good one yeah that's a good one that's okay a good keep going now keep going stars uh, so yeah mitchell uh, uh i gave it a four and a half uh oh. Just because I, I was feeling that that ocean thing where when I was that excited to immediate I, I really am not a big rewatcher with movies. Matthew's seen Contagion like seventy times. <laughs> I, I you know, but I'm not a big rewatcher. But um, that one when I immediately wanted to go back to it, I was like, okay, there's something there. Yeah, yeah. I only rewatched Steven Soderbergh. Earning, earning that extra. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. This part is only Soderbergh. <laughs> Rough life. And then you could probably guess Matthew's score based off of my score. Yeah. Uh, I gave it five stars. Part of it was an aspirational five stars because I thought uh, I'm you seeing can't take my thing. That was my thing. No, no, I, I love. No, <laughs> I, I, I just like that. I like what you said, but part of it was definitely like I love this. I'm really responding to this. This is probably the first yeah. five star movie that I've given to like at release in maybe a year and a half. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. it, certainly this year, my first uh, movies. Yeah. I was gonna say it's been a rough year. Um, but even yeah, even like one, yeah. even like the stuff that was coming out at the end of 2020, the Nomadland, Minari, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was not quite yeah. reaching to me. Um, yeah. That five star, and and so this is the first five star movie that I've given out in a really long time. But part of it is I want to see this again. But I also am pretty confident this is one I will return to uh, yeah. for a long time. Uh, I, I think this is a really special special movie. Agreed. 
cool. And then last thing, we'll breeze through this real quick, is just what else you've been watching lately. Wait, instead of, to. Instead but, of I mean, doing this, kinda, let's do our four favorites yeah. on Letterboxd right now, which mine rotate. But, yeah, okay. yeah we'll, just, we'll just switch it up. This is a better... Better I'm, I'm, so, I'm anyway. so excited about what's in. I'm not even going to change it for Jared. This is just totally me. I know, I'm like quickly going back. Like maybe we should adjust these. All right, well, Matthew, why, why I'm going to start. Talking? All right, so th- this rotates. I, I, this is just based on feeling when I'm. Let's get all the yeah, precursors. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my four favorites right now: Lady Bird. Okay. Uh, part of we're we're from Sacramento. So okay, okay, okay. That, that's a that's a wrap. So yeah. just love Lady Bird. Um, the Tree of Life. Yeah. Rear Window. Yes. Which I think is a perfect movie. That that never changes for you for in terms no. of staying yeah. in the likes. Rear slot. Window oh. is an all-timer all-timer for me. Uh, recently just took out Fargo from my four favorites. Tough. Okay. And put in Ocean's 11. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> the Soderbergh strikes again. Just this guy. feeling really, really good I about re- Steven Soderbergh right now. The full circle nature of this conversation. <laughs> I, that's what I love. Un- it was unplanned. <laughs> but He's an industry plant for Soderbergh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You are the apologist. We're really trying 100%. to bump up the Soderbergh ratings on HBO Max yeah. right now. So no. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have enough love or money. Uh, okay, who goes next? Mitchell. Uh, you, okay, I'll just run through real quick. We already know one, Nye the Hunter. Actually, I've talked about all these I love in this that. pod. That's great. Nye the Hunter, Blue Velvet, actually. Beautiful. Um, Fargo, which Matthew took out. Wow. And then Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> wow. I, dude, you guys both have really good lists. I mean, Ocean's Eleven is incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. I know. I know. I was that really sick <laughs> last year with COVID. I got home from the hospital, and I straight up was like, oh, man. what's like the... What are the movie like almost unintentionally just put on 11, 12, and 13? Yeah, so good. And I was like, oh, I feel, and I watched Moneyball. And I was like, I just oh. need Brad Pitt. Right? Oh, oh my, my gosh, <laughs> Moneyball. Moneyball is a five star. That's a Moneyball five star. Moneyball is a five star. That is like one of those no that question. Has, has grown. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, it's aged well. Gosh. I saw it for the first time last year and was like, why is well, no I grew up playing baseball me. too, so that's like another level of like. Oh, okay. I just oh, love yeah. baseball, um, but you don't even need that. That's the beautiful part. I know. About it. You don't even that's need that. Yeah. My wife loves yeah. Moneyball. Gosh, it's so good, dude. I'm that's not like a, a huge... quote for a teacher. <laughs> My wife yeah. loves Moneyball. I'm not a huge Jonah Hill fan, but man, he's so good in that. He's so yeah. Good. Gosh. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Um, ready. Hit us with it. Okay. Number one. Well, these are not in order, I guess. But Jerry. You guys ever seen Jerry by Gus Van Sant? I have not. No. G-E-R-R-Y. I'll tell you the premise. Uh, Matt Damon, Casey Affleck go on a hike uh, in the desert, and they get lost. Okay. I have heard about this movie. That's pretty much the premise. Uh, Cold War. I love Cold War. Hmm. Cold War is... Talk about a perfect movie. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, God, that is, uh, yeah. Uh, the American- I'm pumped because I haven't seen either of these. Okay. Cold War. Will Co- Cold War, really quick, was a super fun theater experience for me. It was like a matinee. But I went by myself, and yeah. it was like a Saturday afternoon with a lot of old people who probably oh, that's so good. did Dude, not that is know what so they were good. getting into. <laughs> oh, man. There's no better audience for a movie. The person that left 80% of the way through with the Green Knight had a bag of Skittles that they just... 
were like insisting on getting this. Get out of here. They don't want you in here <laughs> anyway. It's like, how big is this bag? How many can you be eating? <laughs> Uh, okay, and then no surprise, the American friend okay. is on my top Love four. Love it. Okay, there we go. And then uh, number four, the Great Escape. Oh, Ooh, just watched for the first time. Oh man, it's so. Good. I love that movie. Unreal. Oh man, that's one. That's like a uh, a classic. Dad showed it to me when I was twelve. Movie. Yes. Where I'm like, wow. oh my god, first Steve McQueen is, a li- like. Is there a more beautiful human being than Steve McQueen? <laughs> it's like, what's what's going on with a film that his eyes are that piercingly blue? Gosh. And then he gets on a motorcycle and is ripping across like the German <laughs> countryside. I'm like, dude, this guy is... It just He's so cheeky with Nazis the entire movie. It's just like, yeah. like such an energy. Like, that's how I would be with them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, you look back and it is slightly funny. Just like they had kind of a plush thing going at this. Uh, yes. The, the, the POW, POW camp, but, camp for, yeah. um, still love the, that movie. The fact that they weren't murdered for escaping like 20 yeah. times. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they were at some point. But yeah. well. um, okay, let me give you... Can I add a few things real quick? Yeah, please. Just like a, a few uh, recent watches that I would suggest. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay. Love it. Um, the Killing of Two Lovers. Have you guys seen this? Ooh, me and Sarah came this close to seeing it in Tower Theater, like our Sacramento's. Yeah. But uh, they they had like one showing, and then some. I don't know, something happened. But I mean, it's on. It's on demand. I would suggest it where, big time. Where is it right now? Yeah, where is it streaming? Uh, Just rent on like rent on Amazon, or Amazon yeah, yeah, yeah. or cool. whatever. It's still paid. At this yeah, point. yeah. You you know what's funny too is I saw that trailer and like the the look of it. It reminded me of your stuff. Well, that's what's funny is like when I watched it, there, there would be like definitely enough overlap at, with certain things where I would be like, oh no, that's like feels so. But to, to be honest, it felt so like in the same family in like a hopeful way. Just like, oh, it's mm. so nice to see that on screen. Yeah. Like this got made. Yeah, this got made. This got yeah. made. Yeah. Um, dude, that they shot it for $32,000. Whoa. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so, amazing. That is that is unbelievable. They made the, and I think they raised another thirty for post. So yeah. like, um, and went to Sundance, got acquired by Neon. I mean, dude, that's like the dream. Yeah. Um. So I would definitely suggest that. Um. You guys talked about Pig. I liked Pig. I don't know how you guys felt about Pig. Yeah, I like Pig. Um, I hope to see it one day. You haven't seen it. No, his projection. Well, remember, it was so dark. I like. I it sounded I hope to great, see it one but. Day. Um, I don't know if I have that might be the only one that I'm like uh, is a must see is is um, uh, Killing of Two Lovers yeah. might be the only, my biggest yeah. suggestion what about you guys I'm curious if you've seen stuff recently uh, Matthew Lee the Charge yeah I watched The Conversation for the first time mm. uh, pretty amazing and it's a it's such an amazing like time capsule too of Coppola doing The Godfather The Conversation Godfather Part Two, Apocalypse Now, in like four years, mm. uh, as a so as a, crazy. as a just an incredible crazy run. Um, yeah. But I loved just how uh, kind of small the conversation feels um, yes. compared to some of that other stuff. It, but actually, how much how effective it is at building the paranoia and just the emotional uh, um, captivity he feels. Um, 
Yes. And just this wild ending of him tearing apart his apartment looking for a surveillance device is just crazy. Love it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, Mitchell, I have a I, few I've more got... real quick that I just looked up. Oh, can yeah. I, can, I, can I add these in real quick? Yeah, yes, I don't want to jump, jump the line here. Uh, okay, this is – I saw these you're back – save, You're saving me a lot of time, actually, <laughs> of trying to figure out what to watch next. <laughs> um, I watched these back-to-back, actually, uh, when I was here by myself for that week. Uh, a movie, tiny little strange movie called Gun Crazy from 1950. Oh, oh from, from uh, 1950. Yeah. Um, and basically, it's this kid who grows up just obsessed with guns and ends up getting in trouble, goes off to boarding school, gets back from boarding school, goes to the army, gets out of the army and sees this traveling road show with this uh, girl who's like a sharpshooter, like on stage at like a, you know, like a traveling circus thing and they yeah. end up falling in love mm. and this whole Bonnie and Clyde thing ensues. Oh, it is so crazy. And honestly, some of the camera work in this movie is like shockingly ahead of its time. Wow. Um, so anyway, just a, yeah, just a bizarre little movie that I like really fell in love with. Um, yeah. Another one is, uh, and this will be it for me, but uh, is a movie called Fat City. Fat um, City. That is like one of the, uh, oh man, it's such a good little movie. Is um, John Huston movie? John Huston. I'm trying to remember the name of the lead. I should know his name. Um, yeah, Stacy Keach. You oh, definitely yeah. realize him, or, or uh, recognize yes. him when you see his, his face. But young, young Jeff Bridges is in it. And it's just this, uh, I don't even want to try to describe it. Just go find Fat City. It's like this strange, gritty little movie about boxing. Uh, love it. Yeah, I would Thank hi- you. highly suggest it. Love it. That's it for me. I, I love. I, I, I stand Jeff Bridges. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I just love sure. the way Letterboxd, I don't interact with anybody on there. But then when yeah. movie people get together, we just like pull out our <laughs> Letterboxd like... accounts and say, hey, here we go. <laughs> <Quickly>. <laughs> I love it. I know it is not. It's like the the, there is no like uh, anxiety of like I'm gonna post that I saw this or I'm gonna give this so many stars or I'm gonna do that. It just is kind of like it does feel like kind of weirdly private, but at the same time, I love like you know I follow a handful of people, um, and I love seeing what they have to say about movies more than I like reading like reviews. Reviews. I like I like looking at what these people have to say, and some of them are like professional critics that I follow, but. Um, it just is kind of nice to have like a, a normal person, um, you know, kind of like yeah. analyze or respond to a film, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, I've only, I, I've just got two that like weren't for the pod. They're just like interested in. On yeah. Them. First one was Ida. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So the same guy who did Cold War. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been wanting to watch it since it came out and then it's, it was streaming on canopy, which is like the library catalog of free movies. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, one Um, step up from Tubi. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. Cold war is is infamous (laughs) on this spot. Dude. That's the one that's like the, uh, something that we've been talking about is like, that's my one um, thing is like, dude, if I make a movie and it doesn't get like a theatrical (laughs) release, Hmm. It sure as hell can't just like end up on Tubi. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> so nothing, you know, nothing against Tubi. 
Um, yeah, why, why? It's like whenever I say no, it's it's free on Tubi. Yeah, it's like all <laughs> well, right, it's called Tubi, so it's asking for ridicule. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what's exactly. the other one? And then the other one was the old dark house. Okay, I don't know. What this I don't is. know if you. Okay, um, it's like I, I follow a bunch of you know just movie accounts, and one of them would just post a screenshot from it. But it's Boris Karloff. Okay, and I'll just read the uh, little poster phrase about yeah. it it's more thrilling than dracula more mysterious than frankenstein the spookiest of them all oh my god and like it, it is a perfect spook is what i'll say dude i and think it, i started watching this on criterion last oh, last year oh. yeah i think i i think i just watched it on um i think to be, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> your constant source I, of I, cinema yeah i didn't realize it what it I don't know if it is anymore, but I think it was around Halloween last year. Uh, Okay, it's like flooding, like rainy night classic. Just, but it genuinely was uh, very spooky. Kind of like, like I I was surprised. Nineteen thirty-two. I'm like, I'm actually, you know, I'm feeling some spooks. Yeah, I love it. And like, it's obvious. It's just beautiful too. Can I can I I run one request, guys, before we end things here? Um, of course. Can we please do some kind of spooktacular episode where we talk about horror movies? Yeah, I was. If you want to be back, I, in the I was pod, just gonna say, Jared, more than a because I I, I do horror, but I'm. Yeah. It's not like a huge oh, thing we need, for me. We need homework. But we yeah. said you said earlier you want to talk about it. I'd love to. Would love that to would do be that fun, in October, like maybe early October. Yeah. Where people yeah. can still have time to like go and watch some of the yes. things we talk about. Yeah. If you give us a, a checklist, okay, we'll, oh, we'll knock man. it out. Don't. That's like, <laughs> Dude, your wheels are turning. Hey, if you hey. want me to make you like a playlist or want me to give you a movie list, like nothing makes me happier in my life. So. Yes, this, right. is, this is this is amazing. This is what I want. <laughs> my love language is people asking for movie recommendations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so that's a plan. Cool. Heck yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. Great. And thank you so much for making yeah, time today. Jared, this Guys, is awesome. Yeah, I'm sorry that it was like a little difficult to rope me in, but thank you for being patient. Oh no, I, I, can we can we get a glimpse into what you were working on? What am I working oh, on? Oh, oh, in, well, you, in Utah? No, yeah. it was something for the Utah Jazz. It's it's like... <laughs> no big deal. It's, it's less cool than it sounds, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I, don't, don't get me wrong. It was, uh, it was very Jazz. fun, and I was cool. on the salt flats, like, watching a motorcycle rip around on the on the salt flats. So That's that cool. cool. But yeah. uh, yeah, I didn't, get, awesome. didn't get to meet Carl Mullen, right now, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> you're like your version of Utah Jazz, yeah, yeah, yeah. still like 30 I years. Ago. I couldn't find John Stockton. Yeah. I couldn't find Carl Malone. <laughs> Those are the only jazz. Yeah, it was a waste. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. Hey, Jared, how, and, uh, how can people find you? Uh, yeah. man. Uh, I've deleted everything and, and, except for Instagram. So I guess Instagram. Boom. Are you on? You're on Vimeo. I'm on Vimeo. For like the very niche person who's listening to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then your podcast. Oh, okay. So it's good. The pot, it's hard because, uh, we, I mean, obviously we love the name of the podcast. Um, but it's hard to find on Spotify because the mm. name is so general. <laughs> so All if right. you search for me, yeah. uh, it'll, come. this is, it's good period. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. and we, yeah, we talked with actually a few years ago, we talked with Andrew Dros Palermo, who's the DP of, uh, Green Knight as well. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, just talking to like a lot of, uh, either like friends or like peers or, uh, you know, like we had a whole conversation with Mark Romanek, um, who did, he's like a bit of a hero of mine, like a big mm. interview director. 
He also yeah, did cool. one hour photo and never let me go. And, um, Oh, nice. So, uh, a lot of different industry people that we're just like chatting and hanging out with. And it, it feels a lot like this, honestly, where it's just like a lot of conversation. So, cool. um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come, uh, come check that out and feel free to, I mean, I never post on Instagram anymore, so that's kind of weird. <laughs> so I wouldn't follow. <laughs> Stories, yeah. Stories, Stories, yeah. Stories for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, but thank you guys for having me, and yeah, uh, of I can't wait to this put together my uh, horror movie list for you guys to watch. Oh, I can't wait! I love it. <laughs> Same. Hey, we just want to say thanks again to Jared for being on the podcast today. We are going to just kind of wrap things up quickly. We know this has been a longer than usual episode, but it was such an easy and fun conversation. We wanted to keep as much as possible in here for you all to enjoy. And we just love talking to Jared, didn't we, Mitchell? The best. And we're stoked that another episode potentially could be happening in October for his uh, yes. horror, horror movie countdown. Yes. But uh, really excited about that. Really excited about Jared. Uh, but we are continuing on. We wanted to just do this little bit of an outro um, uh, just to uh, talk about what our next movie is going to be. Um, so next week's episode, we are going to be watching Mitchell. Coda. Coda. That C-O-D-A. Coda, which is the new um, Apple TV Plus original. I think I got that right. Apple TV Plus is what they're calling themselves. Um, original movie. It is in theaters, but it is also streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, and Coda is kind of a buzzy movie this year. It premiered at Sundance when they did their virtual film festival way back in February of this year. And Coda picked up quite a bit quite a bit of the big awards uh, it got the um, drama best picture drama the jury grand jury prize and directorial uh, best director prize at this year's sundance film festival um, it is like i said available on apple tv plus and i don't know do you want to say anything else about coda coda mitchell i'll say this i when matthew first suggested this and sent and i watched the trailer i was not that interested but upon further reading it seems it I, it seems like that has been the effect of people where they hear the story yeah. or hear the like uh, maybe more traditional beats for this yeah. movie and think they know what yeah. it's about and think they know it already, but uh, people are consistently pleasantly surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a, I I will say I've already watched it. Super enjoyable movie. Uh, right. I was gonna say don't be turned off by the movie poster or the trailer. Because I think yeah. there's a lot more going on than what those have to offer you. I would definitely recommend it. Looking forward to that conversation next week. In the meantime, where can they find us? Well, they can find us on Instagram at Movies While They Sleep. And they can find Jared on Instagram at Jared underscore Hogan. And you can find Jared's podcast, which is fantastic. We highly recommend. Go subscribe. Go listen to that. But you can find his podcast, um, Good it's just called good period anywhere you listen to podcasts and it's also on instagram at good the bot the podcast all one word yeah it's a little tricky to find if you're searching in a podcatcher or podcast app uh, the best way that i found to find it is to just search jared hogan it'll come up right away um, so go check it out again thank you jared for being an amazing guest we had a lot of fun on this episode and we will uh, catch you all next week for coda Good night, y'all. Bye. And I was like, oh, I feel, and I watched Moneyball. I was like, I just need Brad Pitt right now. <laughs> 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 <laughs>